When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to a brand new episode of The Creator's Alley with our special guest tonight, Justin K. Sweet, Agent Zero on Twitter. What's up, dude? Hey, what's going on? Thanks for having me. Oh, thanks for thanks for jumping in. We're having a, a little bit of a schedule faux pas, trying to work around stuff, and luckily you were able to, to sneak in when somebody canceled on me this afternoon due to uh, work concerns. Yeah, happy to be here. So tell us about you. Well, um, let's see. <laughs> um, I uh, <clears throat> I was born in Idaho and um, moved uh, to my parents, who were both in the Air Force. And uh, I was actually born in Mountain Home Air Force Base um, Hospital. And then when I was about 11 months old, we took this big road trip all the way over here to Tennessee, because that's where my dad was from. And um, I've been, you know, I grew up in Tennessee, joined the Army when I was about 18. Um, and uh, I always joke about it. I've joined the Army to see the world, but I haven't left the South yet. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, that was in 99. And then, um, I, of course, between 99 and uh, 2003, I served uh, during 9-11 and then got out right before uh, we sent our first uh, you know, boots to Iraq uh, for the big push to Fallujah. But um, didn't really see much of anything because I, um, I was a signal soldier, a uh, cable dog. Um, and uh, uh, the Army was a completely different animal before 9-11. And then it was in transition by the time I was leaving. But um, yeah, I made the mistake of just joining and not picking a place to, to go after my training. And so they just kept me there. Uh, at my uh, my training post, uh, so there I was in a what's known as a force commune on a trade art post. So um, lots of training, lots of this or that. But um, yeah, so the military kind of informed, uh, I guess, a lot of my worldview at the time. Um, but it wasn't until I you know started college in Augusta, Georgia, where I started actually uh, you know kind of down the road of questioning. Um, the authority that I've 
you know, had always kind of like held uh, dear to me. And so um, my patriotism was starting to kind of wear a, li a little thin, at least in, in the, the Warhawk camp. But um, as the years went on, I got to, to thinking about certain things. Um, I developed, a, you know, a stronger relationship with, uh, with my creator. Um, and, uh, and I guess uh, I now pretty much identify myself as uh, I, call, I call myself a, um, uh, a sacred humanist, which just simply means that I, 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 um, I serve a God, but, you know, it's, you know, and I just love humanity. Humanity is uh, key, in, especially in these times where we live in a world that wants to, you know, turn us into mindless machines and to dance at every whim that they want. So um, all of that to say this, that um, I've been a storyteller um, probably all my life. And uh, and so uh, in, in that, I like to tell, um, you know, I like to uh, engage with uh, narratives that can, um, you know, can actually get people to to think as well as um, examine just what the, you know why they believe what they believe, so that uh, what's you know what's what they consider true might remain. So, but um, <laughs> there's so much I, I don't even know where else to go as far as um, about myself. I mean, I've got you know. Uh, you know, I've got uh, between my wife and I, we have five children. Um, all but one have left the nest. So, um, and that's going to be in about another year, and, and then he's gone, and so then we'll be empty nesters. We have a dog, and um, I I, I want to say that um, my walks with the dog kind of inspired at least a little bit of what uh, you know what would eventually become Chrome Dog for me, um, and uh, just you know kind of pondering things and looking up at the stars and whatnot. Um, but, uh, but yeah, um, I'm a long time tabletop role playing game, um, enthusiast as well as, a, you know, uh, <laughs> comic book, uh, comic book aficionado in a, in a sense, I'm a diehard Punisher fan have been all my life. Um, and you know, that's another, uh, motivating factor for me right now because I see what they're, what uh, mainstream, is doing with all of these uh, beloved characters and they're just taking them and breaking them down and, you know, making them something else um, than what they were originally designed to be. And so I'm, I'm kind of, I'm throwing my stake into the ground to, uh, to kind of say, okay, well, I'm going to be here to make comics fun again and to, uh, you know, to bring a level of, um, you know, of enjoyment back to, uh, to sequential art. And even though I'm kind of, you could say I'm kind of new coming back to comic books, um, I'm I'm no stranger to uh, to, you know, to you know, say running, uh, you know, campaigns of uh, role playing games because and and to me I see there's a correlation between the two as far as like understanding the medium and um, staying in the moment and trying to keep the um, the player or in this case, the reader's attention as we go along. So um, I see a lot of parallels there, and, and I definitely want to bring that to the table. Yeah, they both in involve uh, good good storytelling to uh, keep people interested. Exactly. Um, uh, except the, if, you get, if you pick up a bad comic, you'll just throw it on the comic. If you end up picking up a bad right? uh, DM, you might just flip the table. 
<laughs> or or just never speak to them again. I mean, there's, yeah, uh, there's or, or the or you know, or you have a great DM, but but then you have a bad player at the table, and then it's just kind of like, uh, you know, what am I even doing with my life? But um, and and it's that that kind of a in a way, after I finished a um, a one year campaign of uh, of a space opera game uh, that I was running called Stars Without Number. At least that's the way I was running it. Um, I kind of, I was left with just a whole bunch of, um, GM prep and the, that empty feeling you get when you're just like, okay, well, I've, I've told the story as best as I could to the players while we were in the game. I didn't hit the beats that I wanted to hit, but, you know, and so I kind of, you know, where we ended up is, you know, we played that game for that long. And I've got nothing left to show for it except for the GM prep. And, and I want to be able to share stories with the world because otherwise these these stories and these these moments, they just are going to go with us uh, to the grave, uh, those sitting around that table. And mm-hmm. so I kind of put put my mind into, into gear and decided um, I think I'm going to make a start. And I had some, you know, some other inspiration. You could say Eric July was a big one. I've been following him since uh, 2018. Um, and then uh, fast forward a little bit, he brought up EVS. And I'm like, who's EVS? And so I look up Ethan Van Skyver and then I'm like, oh, okay. And so as I, you know, kind of get used to the concept of independent comics, you know, outside of the whole Marvel DC paradigm, um, it was a very liberating experience. And I'm thinking, okay, well, I can do this. I can find somebody. I can, you know, I, I may not be able to draw very well right now, but I'm definitely working on, you know, learning how to do layouts um and whatnot but as far as scripting that's easy like i got that down quick i'm i'm a i mean i'm kind of an editor um you know writer by nature so the formatting is fun actually (laughs) so so let me let me start by uh saying uh thank you for your service and and, uh you know smart enough to get out before you ended up in iraq well, so. pretty much. <laughs> yeah, I, I hurt my back early on. And, uh, and then it just eventually, you know, I, uh, I was basically when you're when you're in the military, and you can't exercise like you like you're supposed to, um, the weight kind of comes on. And then eventually, you know, there's a stigma attached with you being overweight and being a soldier. And so um, they actually like, there's no they call it no favorable action. So like I couldn't get promoted. Um, you know, there's certain, certain things that I couldn't do. Um, and you know, limiting factors as far as career goes. So I was just kind of like biding my time and eventually, you know, got med boarded, but you know, it was an honorable, uh, you know, honorable discharge and all that jazz. And, um, but yeah, I mean, it was my pleasure. I, I love serving my country. Matter of fact, uh, one of the dreams I had growing up was to be a postman. And I knew going in the military that all of my military service would count towards being, uh, you know, towards retirement if I were to stay with uh, the Postal Service. Um, and I, I fulfilled that dream in a way. I didn't, I didn't stay long enough to retire, but I did, you know, I did stay for a couple of years um, as, a, as a postman. And uh, I, like, that's probably a quirky thing about me. I love the mail. You know, it's like, <laughs> I'm nerdy about it. Like I'm, I'm always asking my wife. It's like, did we check the mail? 
because I, I just love to be able to check the mail and see a letter in there. I don't care if it's a bill or not. I just it's the coolest thing in the world to me, um, even even to this day. So, but I took that job as a duty because a lot of people don't know this, but you you know you still have to raise your right hand uh, to swear to uphold the Constitution for even being a, a, a letter carrier or working in any capacity in the uh, in the postal service. So I took that as a solemn duty and uh, I did it with a smile on my face. And so many of the people that I worked with, they just, you know, it was just another day, you know, another job for them or whatever. They, they had bad attitudes and they never saw it as a duty. And, uh, but I, I certainly did. But yeah, it's my pleasure to, to be able to serve. That's kind of what I'm doing here. Like, I feel like I'm serving to entertain folks in the only way I know how. So did you ever get any formal training in, you know, writing or art or anything like that? Yeah, I, um, I, I started college in Augusta, at uh, Augusta State back when it was called that. I don't know what it's called now, but down in Augusta, Georgia. And then I transferred uh, all my credits up to uh, Austin Peay State University uh, in Tennessee. And I graduated with an English degree um, and, uh, <laughs> and a minor in geology. Um, but, um, but yeah, I, you know, I, I guess if you want to call that formal training, I, you know, being an English major, you've got classes that are, you know, specifically designed for expository writing, uh, composition, um, you know, research, uh, you know, pretty much, you know, anything that you need to, uh, to know, to be a competent, um, writer. Um, the only thing that I could say about Augusta State that was different than Austin Peay that kind of disappointed me was uh, Augusta State had a much more rigorous uh, learning um, like atmosphere in their English mm -hmm. department. They actually have, they're notorious for having the hardest, uh, most difficult uh, English department in all of the state of Georgia. And so when I come up to Austin Peay, they don't have, the, they don't put that, that, that level of premium on, uh, on the English there. So I, I could, what would, what, what, would be able to pass muster at Augusta State, I had to work really hard to earn that A or that B. But, you know, when I come up to, to Austin P, it was, um, I could just wing it and then like the night before, just write something and just get my B and just go on. And I, I, I felt like that was, they're doing the students a disservice. But um, yeah, beyond that, like I haven't done, I haven't actually, Outside of writing emails, which is pretty much what I do now, um, I don't really, you know, I haven't used my degree um, professionally uh, beyond maybe doing some editing on some um, some drive-through RPG supplements for Genesis role-playing game, uh, hmm. gen, you know, the Genesis um, narrative dice system role-playing game. So. I mean, I have those credits there, and um, I, I am published uh, in student journals, both in at Augusta State and then also in, um, you know, student publications um, at Augusta State and also at Austin P. So, I mean, I don't know if that's anything, but... <laughs> it's something. You've been published. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and with, with your major and your minor, you can actually say, oh, my stories rock. 
Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> With authority, I could say that. <laughs> yeah. It's a very nerdy thing to say, but hey, you know. Mm-hmm. Now very is, funny. <laughs> how many how many books have, have you done? Or is this your first uh foray into the comics? Uh this is my first. Um, but it's, the thing is I'm coming at it with that, uh, world building, like larger than life, uh, kind of, um, in, uh, tenacity. It's like, there's, I have a much like larger story to tell. And I have a list of characters that I want to bring out to help show these different aspects and these different things. Um, having to do with uh, with my you know the fictional situations that I'm I'm bringing, so this uh, Chrome Dog is just the first of what I hope to be many in this world that I'm I'm building. And how long have you been developing this IP? Um, about a year. That's that's pretty good because I know some people I've talked to. Uh, they've been developing their IP uh, for, you know, upwards of 20 years. <laughs> they started in high school and they just couldn't let it go. And they, they did stuff on it and then they didn't, they decided they didn't like it as they grew and matured. It's like, oh, that that's crap. I got to rewrite it. And it goes <laughs> from one to the other, to the other, to the other. And there's, there's been so many uh, books lately that are coming out. And they're, they're a basis, if not already a developed game. And the, the books are just telling the story around the game, basically like lore for it. Like uh, Chris Fisk with uh, Infinitale. Okay. Um, he, he started developing that game when he was in high school. Okay. He actually had photos where they where him and his friends were like play testing it at like the local at the local library because there was no comic shop in town and then he then he shelved it and he became a video game creator and writer and then the books are basically telling the lore so when when he launches the game in a, in a couple of years that people that have been following along will be familiar with the world and it's going goings on and He's actually releasing uh, game cards with like every book, so ex exclusive, hard to find, which will be hard to find, and come across game cards for like everything. And uh, Joseph A. Michael just did a uh, another uh, like all ages children like funny quirky book uh, that's based kind of like a little. Like Cartoon Network uh, D and D, okay. And they're looking at uh, launching a tabletop game for that this year. Like with you know oh, nothing extravagant, like game board, game board pieces, and uh, yeah. you know cards. And sure. because because I I loved comics in the nineties, not as much as the seventies and eighties, but I loved comics in the nineties with all their quirky gimmicks and yeah. he, he released a special set of six cards and they were like all special edition and they were all chromium 
So they were shiny. I had to buy them. I forgot what was going on, but I got the shiny cards. And he sent me stickers, too, so I was all happy. I was like, ooh, stickers. So let's bring this up. Chrome Dog number one, Perfect Strangers, 18 days left, 46 backers. And you've already you already hit goal. You're doing pretty good for somebody that's uh, never had a book before. Yeah, um, I mean, of course, I, I uh, thank you know big shout out and thanks to Michael Bancroft for um, for kind of you know giving me a chance to um, to one prove myself by um, delivering you know over a hundred um, email signups prior to launch day. Um, but um but he the night before launch he didn't have you know he did an impromptu stream um and uh and so he uh i recommended like i was in the chat i was just paying attention i was i was actually first in the chat i think um for that night and then also the launch stream i believe um maybe i can't remember but anyway I, uh, I reckon I just kind of threw it in the chat. I'm like, Hey, you could, you know, you could read the, uh, you know, do a, a reading of the, uh, the um, PDF ash can. Um, and, uh, and he, he, he remarks, he says, yeah, he says, that's a, that's a damn good idea. And so he got hyper wizard on it and they both did this dramatic reading through a uh, panel by panel of the, uh, the ash can. And it was, Oh, it was such a riot. And uh and there were there were some people that were in the chat that uh, um, I know they you know uh, one of them even remarked that he you know uh, because of that reading it kind of it pushed him over the edge to to want to come back to the launch room and, and back it the next day and so um, thanks to you know thanks to all all of that uh, kind of initial push and enthusiasm and plus you know the other people that were in my um, my uh, mailing list. Um, we were, you know, we were already like halfway there, uh, in the first, like that first night. So nice. it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was something, it was something else for sure. But I'm, I'm hustling. I'm trying to get out there and, you know, and, and talk about this book, um, as, as much as I can. I don't want to, uh, put out too many, too many spoilers here and there, but I, I am, you know, I try to give little nuggets to every stream that I'm a part of. Um, just in case someone wants to pay attention and, and hear a little more, you know, here, here and there, uh, kind of like peeling back layers of an onion, as it were. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm super excited, super uh, thrilled to see that it's doing so well so far. And, uh, you know, I've got, you know, even bigger goals uh, in mind as far as uh, like, you know, first, second, third, fourth and fifth stretch goals and beyond, who knows. So to me, the sky's the limit, you know. I would love to do so well on this campaign that it fully funds uh, issue number two. Yeah. Um, so that I don't have to do this again <laughs> for <laughs> issue two. I'll just, you know, I could just pick up and take off and then, you know, we're off to the races because I'm with Arrow Comics now. So we're, and we're, we're getting serious about, um, you know, doing some publishing things this year. So you know, 2023 is definitely going to be the year for Arrow. Yeah, I, I, I saw that. I saw the uh, the two different like arrow packs on there, and I'm like, hmm, I know most of these books. Yeah, so I've known I've known Randy for a few years now, and obviously Luke, and uh, 
this is uh, I'm fast approaching 300 shows, and this was like yeah. the second. This was like the second stream I started. So I'm a big fan of old old comics. So my a friend of mine who's uh, by the way down in Georgia. Not far from the haunted mental institution that's closed down. Mm. Um, and uh, we do a show called OK Boomer, where we pick a we it's pick a different book or like a trade every week, yeah. and we read the book and then we go through it and you know give our give our thoughts on it and you know we do we do golden you know golden age you know up through copper and uh we have a lot of fun and it gives us an excuse to actually stop for a minute and actually read a comic that week uh, okay. we both we both have many many long boxes of unread books because you know life gets in the way definitely does but i'm glad to be doing this this is uh this is just fun for me because, I mean, if I, I'm in a wheelchair now because I got, I got sick back in 2016, died on the operating table, and then somebody stuck a catheter in me and I woke up. Uh, well, yeah, that'll do it. Yeah. Uh, that was a hell of a rude awakening, though. Yeah. I was in a medical coma for about two months, so. Mm. Uh, so now I'm in a wheelchair and disabled, but. If I could do one thing, being the comic book nerd I am, it'd be to go to conventions all the time and hang out in Artist Alley talking to people. Uh, this way I can do that, but, you know, I don't have to put pants and shoes on. Right. <laughs> and we don't have to know that. <laughs> oh, cause I, I've got problems. I've got problems with my legs all the time now. So I just wear, like, you know, gym shorts, like, all the time so sure even if it's sure. can't you aren't you cold no <laughs> why not i go because i've got diabetic neuropathy from my knees down to my toes i can't feel nothing <laughs> so let's take a look at this this is the aaron lepresti uh variant cover correct um and you're right now are you still deciding on the a, colors yeah well he is so oh okay he, um he, he, yeah he sent me this and he he said that he wants to kind of noodle on it for a while so he he may be uh revising the colors a little bit a little bit more mm -hmm. um and uh but it's uh yeah <laughs> but i uh, hey even if he doesn't change a thing, this is amazing. So yeah, and it's amazing to be able to have him uh, be a part of our project. So um, it, that's another big shout out because I, you know, I, I definitely owe being able to uh, you know him him um, coming on board uh, to do this cover for me. I think that's helped uh, push the book to the forefront as well. Oh yeah, it's a great it's a great battle scene on the cover too. Yeah. Yeah, it, it you know, and it and it perfectly captures exactly what I'm what I was looking for for the for the alternate um, cover because I, I you know the the standard cover you know it has a different tone um, to kind of you know because I'm introducing this world 
but I knew that if I wanted to do a variant cover that I, I wanted to be like dynamic. I wanted to have, you know, this scene where, you know, it's no holds barred. You got these two, these two heavies, uh, you know, Seether and, and Chrome dog just throwing down on the deck of this, this ferry in the middle of the, of this, you know, tumultuous, uh, rainstorm. And, uh, you know, and this is a, a climactic scene kind of at the, you know, uh, it, within the pages of the book, um, and you know they're not within the pages of the Ashcan, but it's it's a very you know it's a very important scene, and I, I wanted to highlight it. And uh, who better but to try to you know to get uh, Aaron McCuskey on this, especially just his figure work, his gestures, the um, you know the the, the facial um, uh, what am I trying to say? Um, like the you know the snarling, the growling, the yelling—it's <laughs> all right here, you know. His expressions, great. Expressions. That's what I was trying to say. Yeah, the expressions. Because um, you you don't really get much expression um, in the in the ash can, um, for for no, for numerous reasons. <laughs> but um, but yeah, it's. Uh, I'm really pleased. So we have uh, your featured tier here, the all-nighter bundle, which is uh, Aaron's cover, Luke Stone's cover, the and the the black and white issue, the line yeah, art it's issue, a black and white, yeah, the line art, line art only, yeah. along with and then uh, it comes... the two metal prints, one of each cover. Correct. Now, initially, I had the um, the Arrow uh, Bundle too uh, as the the featured, but I figured that once you know, in order to kind of help us, um, you know, get the you know push this thing over the edge, I figured, uh, especially with the Lacrusty um, colors being almost done, so the cover is almost set, you know, kind of put that at the top. Yeah, then then you can like edit the. Uh... Well, it won't. That's just it. They won't let us edit the photo now that, uh, uh, and I, I didn't. I gotta, you know, it's live and learn. <laughs> um, the way uh, Indiegogo works is I can't edit that photo once uh, someone's claimed the uh, the perk. Oh, so. okay. <laughs> but you you can add so, yeah. the the finished product to the updates. Yeah, exactly. That's and that's what I intended to do. I did an initial update for um, you know, for it when when he had the pencils done, um, and I'm waiting for the colors just so I can you know, dazzle everybody, you know, just like just like I am. And speaking of the aforementioned Bancroft, you have the Australian variant, <laughs> right? <laughs> Ever I'm since I was that. talking, <laughs> uh, I think like. A, Beginning of last year, I was talking to uh, Sim about about his book Tales from the Netverse, and he said he had like three people from Australia order the book, but it was going to be like seventy dollars to ship it. So well, he was it. He had to maybe. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I, the the shipping for me, like I could, I'm I was able to calculate, like I could do. 35 for just the shipping on the on the the floppy mm -hmm. without taking a bath um 
but yeah. But anyway, go ahead. Uh, he he actually forewent the uh, the airmail route, which was like the seventy dollars, and uh, saved them some money. But it would take longer, uh, and it got his books got shipped by boat instead. Mm-hmm. Everybody still got their stuff, but it was about another three weeks. Yeah, you know, it's like. Well, I can save you about $25 if you don't mind it coming by boat and taking another two or three weeks. Maybe, you well, know, but- I, I'm hoping, I'm, I mean, this may be delusions of grandeur, but I'm hoping that, um, you know, the, the, the comics that I'm, I'm, I'm looking to provide are going to be a big enough hit worldwide that I can actually, you know, get printing distribution in different countries to ease the burden of the shipping. Yeah, um, but I, I know that that's a goal, you know, and and I and I believe that that that's attainable. But you know, I got to get there first. <laughs> I'm, I'm still I'm still small and scrappy, so here we go. Let's do it. <laughs> so this first issue was 32 pages, action-packed pages, <laughs> with elements of cyberpunk, science fiction, street-level justice. By you, just in case, sweet. And I, I liked how you described it, you know, with the with the four different genres. Uh, it's a little bit of this and it's a little bit of that. Kind of like Luke Cage meets this meets that. And it's right up at the top and I forgot the bloody words already. I read it like six times already. Uh yeah. Chrome Dog yeah, is Luke, Luke Cage, Cage meets yeah. Altered Carbon. And I'm like, ooh, I like that show. With, <laughs> yeah. with, a, with a hint of Ninja Turtles <laughs> and Blade Runner. Well, I can tell yeah. you right now, I'm a huge Blade Runner fan. And I really yeah. dug the first season of Altered Carbon. And I Me liked too. Luke Cage. Uh, my friends are yeah. glad that I stopped watching it because uh, they were really sick and tired <laughs> of hearing me say you know, sweet Christmas. Sweet Christmas. He goes, would you yeah, just yeah. go back to swearing? <laughs> this is weird. <laughs> I'm like, or, uh, or, uh, you know, uh, 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 you want to go out for coffee? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> what are you going to do today? I'm going to go hang out at the Baba shop, see, see what superheroes pop it. Yeah. So for fifteen dollars, you get the uh, the first shift uh, Luke Stone cover, mm-hmm. and the second shift Aaron Lepresti cover, both for fifteen each, uh, and the part time black and white line art edition is twenty. And here we get into the Arrow bundles. Some of these books. I know quite well. Others, uh, not so much. Obviously, I know hybrids. <laughs> yeah. And I know uh, only death can save us quite well. Right. But that's the only death can save us cover for Revolt. Yeah. Um, and that's the second Revolt. I've got the first Revolt from when yeah. they when he did the uh, crowdfunder. But I don't have that one. I'm like, oh, more stuff. And you can also, it also includes, if you want a Chrome Dog, 
uh, yep. a book that looks like it's been written for me called The Fool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to that one for sure. And then Soltak in the, in a floppy form. So it's the first first portion of the uh, the larger graphic novel by Craig White. Nice. With a very that and that's a variant cover as well, um, as it you know, breaks out. And I mean, for forty dollars, you get a lot of bang for your buck. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, if I could highlight that, this is one of the reasons um, the fulfillment is is slated for October because we have so many moving parts. Um, I want to make sure that everything is good to go. Um, before we, you know, before we ship. So the, you know, the hope is that everything's, you know, set, everything's good, you know, ready to, ready to rock, say August. But I also, you know, I, I would rather um, under promise and over deliver uh, than, uh, than have, you know, late books. Yeah. Rubber, you know, do it that way. And, you know, you might have a, you might have a bunch of surprised, very happy people when, their stuff that wasn't supposed to show up till the end, possibly the end of summer, uh, is there to read like on July Fourth weekend. I mean, or, or sooner, hypothetically, sure. <laughs> yeah, hypothetically. And then we have Arrow Bundle One, which is fifty and has even more books. That's got yeah. Uh, Hybrids one, my buddy Marvie's book, Sin Killer. Yes. I I had ten copies of that book. I gifted well, this, I gifted this is the I, this is the one with the arrow comics logo on it though, so yeah, it's it's gonna be a, the American uh style, so the sizing is gonna be different where yeah. the the, the well, other uh, version was European. Yeah, I have a copy of that. Um, but the uh, the versions I have were all American. Oh, okay. They were actually printed. The first run he did were from the from the crowdfunder was actually printed here. Uh, but yeah, afterwards, I guess he what, got with he got with Mike Jimmy. It's a little and, different. Like it's yeah, yeah. Gotcha. And then we have. Uh, only Death Can Save Us, Issue 1, mm -hmm. Herobot, Paragon, Coleco, Revolt, Revolt 1, and uh, just Rip scroll down and read it, stupid. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, Rift, yeah, Rift Riders. Rift Riders. This, uh, yeah, folks might notice this is the, the same bundle that's uh, that's offered on the Rift Riders campaign. Um so we just I just carry it over uh, under you know under the advisement of uh, Randy. Yeah, because so. it's it's never it's never bad to be like oh by the way there's all these other cool indie yeah. books from from other creators that we think you're gonna like. And the midnight shift pack. Which is the Lepresti cover and print for fifty-five, and the Swing Shift pack, uh, same thing. Uh, Luke's cover and and metal print. 
And then there, you can click click here for a preview Ashcan PDF. Yeah. So Which that you know that's that's more than just a preview Ashcan. I'm calling it a preview Ashcan because it's the first ten pages of the full thirty-two page book. So you're getting the actual story. It's a nice, succinct, uh, you know, narrative, and it brings you into the into the world to kind of like swim around for a while. And then when you get to the end, there's a nice little cliffhanger. Um, and, uh, and it, and it leaves you ready for, uh, for page 11 through 32. <laughs> so. so technically this summer, you could just flip to page 11 and just continue reading or you can read it from the beginning. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> so. I got to tell you, when I first saw the little costume here with the fo yeah. fox head, cat head, whatever it is, I sure. looked and I go, somebody's made some kind of like robot armor of Top Cat. <laughs> right? <laughs> and I'm like, um, I know so, it's not so Betty, what it is, it's is not blue. So it's like, yeah, so his, um, his day job is uh, is uh, dressed up like a um, uh, like a mascot, which is called it, the name is uh, Wally the Wolf, um, and uh, and he's modeled after the, or the the wolf. Um, he doesn't look like a wolf. He looks more like a dingo or a fox or you know some other you know mm -hmm. yellow or you know orange orangey uh, animal. But um, what it is is uh, indigenous to a, a sector near. Uh, you know, nearby uh, or next to Epsilon City um, is a, uh, it's the Golden Prairie Wolf. And so that's kind of what, um, that's what that, that cartoon character was modeled after. And so he, you know, he's, you could say he's, his day job um, is, uh, is looking after um, people while he's selling trinkets uh, in the, um, in the amusement park where he works. Um, and uh, and in this particular on this on this particular day, he notices a crime and he decides to go do something about it. But unfortunately, the latch is stuck on the on the head, so <laughs> he has oh, to man. deal with having it on the whole time. So <laughs> for the for uh, for the hilarity that ensues. You can see the amusement park. Kind of like uh you know a wharf wharf thing like you know yeah i um yeah i i uh it, it uh so cerulean park is uh is loosely based on um it's basically a, a larger expanded version of uh of uh, the santa monica pier so you know i i i've always liked that um, I, I like amusement parks. I love rides, and uh, and I, I was just inspired by that. So I thought, you know, if I'm going to make this big mega city um, that's a cross between Gotham City and Mega City One, um, I need to, you know, things need to be bigger. So this is a much larger uh, amusement park, um, and so. Uh, but also, just just to point out, this is not Earth. Um, this is a, a planet that is. 
uh, it actually orbits one of the stars that make up uh, Orion's belt. Um, and uh, there's no, you know, no, no spaceships or anything like that. Um, uh, it's it, it basically it's uh, star uh, uh, stargates. It's kind of how it how uh, there was a mass transit from people from this planet to that one. Um, but that happened to uh, close to 2000 years before the, the events of this comic book. So <laughs> I get I get a whole new sandbox of, of a world to, to create and play with. Now, tell us uh, how you came up with your uh, your main character here. So, okay. Now, th this is an interesting story. Probably uh, writers out there may or may not be familiar with this type of thing that, that happens. I, it's like a phenomenon to me. But... Um, what I do is, or, or what I did, I was, I was creating uh, a char another character, and I was trying to write a script for that character, and I was, um, you know, trying to develop uh, the idea of the street justice uh, martial arts kind of character, not too dissimilar from uh, Danny Rand, you know, uh, Iron Fist. Yeah. And as I'm, as I'm like creating this, this. Uh, you know, the scenario where, you know, he's, he's going to, you know, stop uh, a heist from happening. Um, this, I, I had this name just kind of messing around in my head, like Chrome Dog. I was just thinking Chrome, Chrome Dog. And, and so as I'm writing this, this story, um, it, it, it's really interesting how, this character just kind of like manifested in, in my imagination as I was writing. And, you know, uh, those of you that might be game masters out there, you probably attest to this type of thing, but you know, it just, and so I ran with it. And as I was, uh, you know, working out the, the scenario panel by panel and, you know, scene, scene by scene, um, this, you know, this, this large, heavy uh, metal werewolf looking guy, uh, who has the powers of, um, you know, he can hack um, systems and things. He's, you know, that's part of his job. So he's been dropped off in this um, parking garage. Um, and he's, you know, he's kind of over at a terminal that's next to a, um, uh, the elevator system. That's kind of how he's able to jack in. And so as he's doing his thing, um, the, the hero that I was, you know, the story was supposed to be about, was coming and trying to stop him from, you know, from, from carrying out what he was doing. And, but he's also, you know, goading him and, and asking him, you know, you know, basically telling him that he needs to quit, you know, quit working for the, for the bad guys um, and come to work for, for his boss, which is the, you know, this, uh, this other, this gentleman who's starting his own uh, uh, hero for hire business called, um, uh, what was it? Hire Justice. Right. And, uh, and this, this Chrome dog guy, he kind of, you know, cocks his head to the side and he looks, he looks uh, squarely at that other character. And he, he says, you know, he's like, well, you need to tell your boss, he, he, he needs to come off that money. You know, he's got to pay me more or I'm not going. And, uh, and so he's, but he's still working, doing his thing, you know, in that moment. And, uh, and this other character is just, just, you know, he winds up trying to crack him upside the head. And next thing you know, you know, they wind up in this little, in this tussle or so he thinks. 
and uh, Chrome Dog just kind of just knocks him, you know, across the um, the um, garage, <laughs> parking garage, through the uh, the concrete down below into a uh, uh, an awaiting uh, dumpster <laughs> across the street. And so all of this occurred in my imagination as I'm writing it, and I'm thinking. I don't really care about that other character. I want to know who this Chrome Dog guy is. And <laughs> it just kind of blossomed from there. You know, I kept trying to force that other character, but I could not, you know, I couldn't get my mind off of this this Chrome Dog guy. And uh, and so it just kind of developed uh, from that. And, I, you know, I am I was mainly interested in, like, where did he come from? Like, who, who is he? And uh, and so I've you know I've, of course I've developed d- developed that stuff um, that makes him up um, and uh, and so yeah I mean it to those of you out there that know uh, you know what altered carbon is or you know know something about um, Blade Runner I mean there you're going to see different elements and you those are you know there may be clues in those IPs that might you know kind of give you a sense of what could be going on with the. Uh, with uh, with this big metal mutt, <laughs> but um, but yeah, I mean that was that was pretty much. But what what the icing on the cake was, um, is when Luke and I sat down. We we sat down to create the, the that other character, and I, I paid him for his work, you know. And he and I we you know we, we worked it out, you know. It was like um, he was drawing, you know. It was kind of like he he invited me to his uh, in the stream yard, but it was private, right? So it wasn't live or anything, and so. I'm watching him draw and this and that. And he says, well, what do you think of this? And, and so we, we, we kind of developed that, you know, kind of a, a suggestive uh, or suggestion-based uh, character concept creation. And uh, and then we kind of move on to Chrome Dog. And I, I, I just went ahead and I sent him a write-up. And he, he gives me the initial pencil pack. Um, and uh, and I, wasn't, I wasn't all that thrilled because he, he tried to make – this Chrome Dog character looked too human, you know. He kind of had this Wolfman look, right? And I'm like, I'm like, no, his head. He needs to be more wolf-like. I mean, he needs to look more like a dog. And so, um, before long, we had, you know, after a couple of iterations, we had the look, and it just blew me away, and it blew him away so much that he says, "Okay, he says, uh, who's who's going to draw this book? You know, who 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 do you have in mind for it?" I said, um, I'm not really sure. And he says, well, I'm going to be the one to do the book. I said, you are? He says, yeah. He says, you you know, you want me to do this book? I said, okay. <laughs> and so, so there you go. Um, and that's that's pretty much how Chrome Dog was born. <laughs> um, and over the, over the span of a weekend, uh, a weekend getaway, um, to, to any of you country fans out there, Loretta Lynn has a, a little ranch out here. In Tennessee, in uh, a dude ranch, and my wife and I, we went out for a weekend uh, to stay in a cabin. And while I was there, um, I had like no distractions, uh, and I sat down with a, a notepad and began to craft what would eventually be this this first part of the story. And um, and I haven't looked back. <laughs> I went up to the coal miner daughter's place and uh, wrote me a comic book. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much <laughs> pretty much um, it's like wow he knows yeah. who she is yep <laughs> i have to know i'm old <laughs> oh yeah 
Yeah, it's you know, it's sad that she passed here recently, but yeah, know, such is life. And uh, and today we lost Raquel Welsh. Yeah, I heard about that. Hmm. What a shame. My teenage years are weeping now. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, a lot of these these folks are just kind of like I don't know when they leave the 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 limelight, you know. I, I don't know. Sometimes I'll, I'll I'll hear someone die, and I'm like, well, I thought they died years ago, you know? Yeah, right. So, yeah, you get like a lot of that, uh, you know, over the years, and be like. That dude was still alive. How's yeah, he still alive? Exactly. He's like, you know, he's like 98 yeah. years old and still working. Well, he wasn't working. He was just, you know, sitting out in the back porch drinking, drinking whiskey. And eventually it had to, you know, take its toll. Yeah. So, uh, writing wise, who do you like nowadays? Um, well, okay. So if, 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 are you saying like uh, books in general, comic books, or the, does it? Uh, yeah, any, any distinction? Book, books, comic books, you know. Okay. Whatever you yeah. read, actually. So, so. yeah. Um, so comic books, I'm, I'm really digging um, – what Aaron Lepresti is doing with, uh, with Rape of God. Um, I, he's got me for, you know, as a, as a reader from here on out, I actually want to go back and collect, um, his, his earlier stuff with Garbage Man and, and whatnot. I want to try to find that stuff. Um, and, and if he ever did anything with Wraith, uh, in the past, I'd like to try to dig that out. Um, but as far as, let's see, I'm as a, like on a, on a, uh, as a fluke, um, I had a, a kind of a just I was killing some time and I decided to go by my one of my local um, Goodwills and uh, and looking through their books and they actually had a copy of um, uh, Steve Martin uh, Born Standing Up and so I'm I'm in the middle of reading his memoir um, it, which is it's very entertaining um, and and a lot of things in there I can definitely identify so it's it's inspirational for sure especially a, a, as someone who you know is a creator uh, a creative as a as the the trendy kids say now um, you know crafting uh, and making things um, uh, narrative but um uh, I'm also rereading Simulacron 3 by um, Daniel Galloy, I think is his name. Um, there was a popular movie. It came out around the same time as The Matrix called uh, 13th Floor. I don't know if you've seen it, but if you haven't, you've got to check that movie out. It's so good. Um, the, the book that it's adapted from uh, is very, very much more sci-fi because it was, uh, I believe it was originally published in 1964, if I'm not mistaken. So there's like flying cars and all kinds of, you know, things that you're going to find in that, that old, um, you know, retro futurism feel um, in the book. Uh, that type of stuff, I think when they went to do the movie, um, they didn't have the budget for it. So they, they, they took other liberties with the screenplay. But, uh, but yeah, that's a, that's a solid book. 
for sure, um, especially when it comes to cyberpunk. Uh, early, you know, I mean, the 64, I mean, that's early cyberpunk stuff. Um, it's so early. They, it's before I, I was born. Nice. Well, they didn't <laughs> even call it cyberpunk back then. Like, you you know, we didn't, that term didn't come, come along until later. Um, but, oh my gosh, uh, Phil, Philip K. Dick, uh, one of, we'll say it's one of the reasons my name, you know, when I say it's just in case we, um, is to kind of almost like a homage to him. But it definitely not because I'm pretentious, because I, pretentiousness is not it's not anything that I I'm the furthest from it. Um, but the other the other reason the K is in my name is because there's a, a very um, uh, renowned artist for especially he's known for um, the Song of Ice and Fire uh, uh, book covers and uh, and also uh, lots of Disney concept art. But his name is Justin Sweet. Uh, he's a great, you know, phenomenal artist, um, and definitely someone that I would I would uh, love to have do something for me at some point, like a cover or I don't know, some something cool. <laughs> um, and I don't know the guy, but uh, we share the same name. I don't know what his middle name is, but I figure I'll just throw the K in there just to draw that distinction. Um, but I'm. Uh, Cormac McCarthy. I need to pick up his new books. Um, I think he's got book. He has a book that has just come out, and then I believe he's got another one in the works. Um, and these are supposedly going to be his last, uh, his last two, because he's getting up there in age as well. But, um, but yeah, I, um, man, I could, I could rattle off even, like, even more. I've, I've actually started reading. Uh, believe it or not, reading some Anne Rice. <laughs> um just because i'm i'm doing some um i've never really been much of a vampire kind of uh you know person when it comes to horror and mm -hmm. or, or things like that but but lately i've kind of it's it's intrigued me a little bit so i i want to uh to read um some of what other people do with the mythos and uh, as i as i kind of like uh cultivate my own uh, types of vampires, as well as you know what I'm trying to do with the uh, you know, vampire uh, you know, undeath kind of struggle stuff. Um, so yeah, I've been reading uh, some Anne Rice, um, and what, what are, oh, Legends of Log. <laughs> I'm reading those. <laughs> That's the other thing too is I'm I'm always reading comic books that. I, I study them, right? I, I, I'm paying attention to the layout, and and I'm and I'm and I'm um, trying to pay, you know, careful attention to what and like why choices were made for certain shots, mm -hmm. um, because I want to try to be able to like really visualize the comic um, as I'm, you know, writing out a script or at least plotting it. You know, plotting's first, obviously, and then. You know, kind of going in and, and, and designing it, you know, panel by panel, because I feel like if I can if I can establish uh, like the layout, um, and it and it's you know and it's good enough for Luke, it'll free him up to just do the art on my layouts. You know, yeah. If I can get if I if I can get to the place where I'm that good to where I know exactly what I want and and it's something that he would say, hey, this is great you know, let's, you know, let's keep rocking with it, then, I mean, that's, I think it's going to, you know, cause production to go up as far as, you know, speed, because I want, 
more and more story to get out there, whether it's, you know, with Chrome Dog, I've got some other ideas for other titles. Um, and, uh, and I'm also working with some other, uh, with a, a, another artist um, on, uh, on this other project, which maybe we'll get into. But, um, but yeah. So let me ask you quick, The Legend of Log, is that the, uh, the alternative book? Yes, Legends okay. of Log. Yes, I've got yeah, I've got issues one through four. Um, and matter of fact, I gave one. Uh, I, <laughs> my grandson uh, is um, he's just now. Let's see, he's just now getting. I think he's. Oh my gosh, he's gonna be four this year. Um, and uh, and I pulled him to the side the other day because he likes dinosaurs. And so I'll pull him to the side. I'm like, hey, you know, come come sit over here next to Pappy and let's let's uh, crack open his comic book and I'll read it to you. And so as I'm as I'm reading reading it to him, he's looking at the pictures and he sees this one. Uh, there's this one story in uh, I think it's um, I want to say it's in that first issue. Yeah, it was. Yeah, the first issue uh, where a T Rex uh, uh, fights a um, a dragon. This dragon picks a fight with the T Rex and they 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 throw down. Uh, after the T-Rex had already like bit down onto uh, log, <laughs> like, <laughs> and uh, and so um, so yeah, I'm I'm just yeah, that, that's the comic I guess that I'm reading at the moment. Because every time somebody says log, all I can think of is that old Ren and Stimpy song. Ren and yeah 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 log 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 log. It's log, big. Log. It's heavy. It's wood. <laughs> You're gonna need a log. <laughs> Because mm -hmm. uh, my yes. friend Frankie B worked on worked on that book for a little while. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm familiar with Frankie B. And yeah. uh, Been, uh, he was he was like he was. For a long time. I go so what are, what are you what are you working on? And I goes oh I'm working on log. I go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Wait, they're bringing Ren and Stimpy back? And he starts <laughs> laughing. He's like, No, uh, think of Groot, but more loggy. Yeah, and with a battle axe. Yeah, <laughs> like and with a battle axe. How cool axe, is yeah. that? Having this this giant this 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 uh, tree giant who who's a barbarian with a uh, with a, a double edged battle axe just just mowing down creatures as he protects his forest. So I love it. It's so cool. And just think of the hypocrisy of a tree exactly. wielding an axe. <laughs> exactly. I mean, well, I had a chainsaw, but like, I broke it on my aunt. <laughs> oh, okay. It writes itself. I mean, I it's know. great. I love it. You know, it's like, this is so cool. Um, and one of the neatest things I've found is that even though it's uh, it's all black and white, issue number three, um, they throw a curveball at us because uh, they put uh, a cover. You get a, a poster in the middle at the at the fold. Mm -hmm. And it's a two-sided poster. And that poster is of the cover uh, issue one uh, on one side, and then the cover of issue three, which is the one that you're, you're holding in your hands when you're, you know, when you're opening it. Um, and so I, I gave that poster to my, my grandson as I gave him my, uh, my copy of issue number one. Because I've got the blank cover, and eventually I'll get, um, oh my gosh, I forget his, I forget his name the the original artist maybe i can get them to to do a um a sketch cover for me or something oh cool 
or or I can elicit Frankie V. <laughs> yeah, he's he's always so, up for stuff. I mean, yeah. uh, I've I've turned and uh, Gingy Gingerton did a uh, like a like an ash can, like a tease for a project that he wants to do uh, with Pedro. And uh, it's basically uh, a Scooby-Doo gang, like a bunch of, bunch of like, you know, five or six different kids. And they go into a house yeah. that's owned by one of the kids' family members that passed away. And they're basically doing like a D&D game in there. And all of a sudden stuff co starts coming to life and they start getting powers and they get sucked right into the kind of like into the game. Uh, and he had gotten the coolest voiceover guy to do like this, like 1980s over the top uh, movie announcer, uh, cartoon narration with a little bit of Stan Lee tossed in. Uh, to do the to do the trailer and i'm like the trailer sold me and i forgot about it a couple of times and uh then he did he did an update and i got the update and i saw that frankie b designed a patch for it mm. and i'm like well go and i <laughs> i dm'd him i go you just do a patch for this book he goes yeah i go that's it give me two seconds Ordered the book and the patch, the whole, the whole shebang. And he was like, "Goes nice." Well, I did some sketch cards for, uh, uh, for Global Frequency for Mavericks. I go, "Cool." What are they? He goes, "Oh, it's a big, long, connected piece with all the different mechs." And I'm like, mm -hmm. and I looked at it. I go, "Oh, I'd like to have these." Unfortunately, <laughs> I have not won the lottery today. So, right. <laughs> I, I, I've gone through this because I've been like collecting comics all my life. Uh, and there's just stuff that, you know, the mainstream has like thrown me off on a bunch of stuff. So I've been selling like keys to fund my crowdfunding comic book habits. I sold. The original uh, Jane Foster is Thor run uh, to another collector who was getting that to trade to somebody else. He was buying it off of me to flip to another guy to get Silver Age books. Uh, but that was that enabled me to buy the big giant collector's box of a global frequency and the merch pack and uh, back like three other campaigns. So I'm like, thank you, Marvel, for turning to complete trash so I can sell your stuff and, and buy bread and books. Well, there you go. Um, now, I want to ask your opinion. Uh, since we've talked, to, we've talked a little bit about stuff from Alterna, um, what do you think about what just happened, if you've heard, uh, to... Uh, the new Alterna campaign on Indiegogo. Um, I haven't really heard much of anything. I've not, not um, like in the loop on that. So the other day, 
he got an email from safety and security for Indiegogo, uh, or as I as I know them, the Thought Police. Um, they disapproved of an image for Blood Realm. Said it was too violent for Indiegogo. Indiegogo didn't say anything when the creator of Blood Realm used that same image on his campaign less than a year ago and funded. He never got a letter to, you know, that has to be taken down or edited or or anything. It was fine then, but now it's problematic. Right. I know he's, he's I mean, come out and, you know, Done, he did like a video on it, and I, I just happened to catch it. Otherwise, I wouldn't have heard anything about it. Yeah, I um, I mean, I, I'm not, of course, I'm all about, um, you know, any platform being, you know, upfront and honest with their, you know, whoever is going to you know, put things on there so that, you know, the folks can know what the rules are so they know when they break them or, you know, bend them or whatever. Um, but you know, it's, I'm not really sure what to say outside that of my campaigns will never have that issue. However, I will also admit that, you know, Indiegogo is, you know, was not my first choice. I would have rather waited for fund my comic, um, which is in the works, but, um, you know, but I had to make a I had to make a start somehow, and I figured I'd just go ahead and do it. And then, you know, when fun my comic is up and running, then I'll you know run a campaign over there if need be. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't know what to what to. I know that um, I think uh, Pete did follow up and say that you know they he did whatever they needed him to do, and so they you know gotten things back back up and going if i'm not mistaken yeah i i think they uh they got back to him right away um like within three days of him editing it because they they not only you know sent him the the you know an indiegogo version of a disney cease and desist letter uh but they also basically seized all his funds yep well, they, they were playing some kind of game like that with uh, Craig White, too, I think, for Soltac. I mm-hmm. don't know exactly what, what that was about, but it was uh, – and so <laughs> that's, that's, that's about the time that, you know, Randy reached out to him and said, you know, now he's with Arrow. So. <laughs> yeah, they, so, yeah. they, you know, PayPal basically did the same thing to, uh, to Eric July. But they're like, oh, well, we're suspect that – you can't be making this much money. This has to be. We're going to seize all your funds, right? And then they got a. Then they started getting phone calls and official letters from uh, from his lawyers. So I it's, mean, that's that's what we do, you know. You know, it's just <laughs> it's the gate, to do. the gatekeeping. Yep, and it's a it's a darn shame. Yeah, it just. It's it's no fun that you know. On top of like everything else, that you have to like go through that, you know, as a creator. 
It's Top Cat. <laughs> Top Cat. <laughs> And I thought it was funny that he's basically passing out uh, nanny cam uh, stuffed versions of himself. That's what I've heard. I mean, that's what people are saying, but they're just stuffed animals. <laughs> they don't have to have surveillance. <laughs> so this is this is all this is all him doing this then. Yeah, this is these are his eyes. Uh, we're we're oh, okay. seeing we're seeing um, the mom and the and the daughter through his eyes. You know, kind of like uh, people have compared it to Terminator version. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah, I'm Just like, like this last this this last panel. You know, this is from his his point of view, um, and that's why things are are left kind of vague as far as like what happened, because. Um, I, you know, and I made a specific choice here. I didn't. I didn't want to follow the action of, of the two perpetrators uh, as they're you know trying to do their crime. I wanted to keep it um, as vague, but but have some visual clues so that you know uh, we can at least see through his eyes and what he's experiencing as he's experiencing it. Yeah. When I first started, I go. Start to, yeah. I'm just like. Yeah. Oh my God! He's got high high tech nanny cams and the bears, little stuff animals. I'm like, oh, I'm like, I want one of those. <laughs> and right there. Yeah. <laughs> From cute little mascot to. Yeah, pretty much. That's yeah, that's him inside the suit, like uh, Iron Man. You know how the in the Iron Man movies the, mm -hmm. they show uh, Robert Downey Jr. inside the suit, or Tony Stark, I guess would be the better way to say it. But yeah, this is this is that moment, and so we can kind of see him inside. Physical perks. Better look at Luke's cover. Yeah. And yeah, and also just to highlight, if you look peeking behind the logo is uh, one of the moons. So you have two moons of Ringgold. Ringgold's the name of the planet, if I didn't already establish that a, a while ago. Um, and uh, and these two moons, Lux is the, uh, the blue moon, and then Proximo is the uh, the yellow. And uh, and so like, I, I wanted to, to capture the essence of the fact that this is not Earth. So as I deal with cultural themes in my book, um, it, it's I, I'm free to do with it as I wish. People can't cancel me for you know, for whatever uh, whims that they feel because it's not Earth. So you can only be canceled if you submit to the cancellation. True. This is true. <laughs> This this remind this gave me kind of like like an old Scooby Doo Where Are You vibe when I first looked at the cover. Yeah, because Chrome yeah. Dogs are sitting there, the bright eyes glowing, the kids riding the rides. It's almost like he's waiting for the park to shut down so he can go play. 
Well, I mean, that's not a that's, that's not a, a unfair assess, assessment. He lives at the park. Um, so, you know, it's kind of his Wayne Manor, if you will. Oh, cool. Um, and he has another location that's his bat cave, so to speak. So. If uh, the line art of, of the Lepresti cover. Yeah, that was the initial sketch. Um, and once we that that was that was just you know I gave him I gave him the prompt and he sent me that and then plus a couple of others that weren't as rendered as that one so I knew that he was already kind of feeling this 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 one um, but looking at the other the other two choices I thought you know this one I mean this this captures everything that I wanted you know want in that moment anyway so um, it looked like he and I were both on the same page. Here's three so sketches, but this is the one I'm doing. Yep. <laughs> well, pretty much. I mean, but even I was like, I, this is the one I want you to do. <laughs> so. In the line art edition. I mean, it's just amazing how you take something that's so pure and just black and white like that and then can, you know, uh, Edgar Tabitas, who is the, the colorist for just that cover, um, he was able to take image and just make it pop with all those cool uh, just lights and everything going on in that in that uh, in that cover. It just I'm floored by it. <laughs> yeah, the artist editions have been becoming more and more popular over like the last few years. Like I've, I've been like in the chat on streams where they'll ask yeah. the creator goes, are you going to do a black and white version? Um, <laughs> hadn't really, you know, occurred to me to do a black and white version. If enough people are interested in black and white version, uh, I'll do one. How's that? And before you know it, there's like, you know, 2000 comments of people that all want a black and white, you know, version of the book. I'm like, oh. Interesting. Yeah. I better look yeah, at the. Uh, want to see the lines, you know. They want to see the, you know, the little hat, the the hashing and patchwork. Yeah, they want to, they want to study the way it was done and uh, mm -hmm. use use it as you know reference to you know maybe grow their own art. Yeah. But yeah, um, one thing about these is the titles of each perk, um, the theme is work because that's what Chrome Dog, it, you know, he, he has this, uh, you know, almost inborn um, propensity to try to, you know, he's, he, can't, he can't stop. Like he always wants to, he's, he's you know, he keeps moving and keeps going. And, um, and even though he's, he's making all this money, He's doing it for for a certain cause, which you know we'll we'll get into in the uh, in the later issues. Um, but um, but yeah, he you know so he's he's uh, he's doing this day job with the the mascot uh, selling the, the the little bears or or you know the little wolves, little wolfy. Uh, was it uh, the cozy buddies? Um, mm -hmm. so he's you know selling those during the day, and then at night 
depending on you know what's going on, he's he's either uh, running security for a um, you know for um, a concert or um, he's filling in for a guy on a ferry as a ferry attendant or he's you know uh, helping to plan and execute a, a, a bank heist or an art feat, you know theft heist or uh, or consulting for the um, you know for the local law enforcement. So like he, it's pretty much he does he just works. That's his that's his thing. He's always working. Um, and right here, find is uh, in in this first issue, and actually in these first three issues, um, as we expand, uh, he's he's trying to um, to deal with this virtual intelligence that's uh, that's installed in his uh, hardware, and he, he he you know he wants desperately to to be shed of her. Because uh, she's she's really annoying <laughs> uh, on so many different levels, uh, but he also has he has incessant um, insomnia. Um, he has the the like a, a, like he he wants to sleep. He has a desire to sleep, just like any other human. And so it's kind of one of those things where you know is he man? Is he machine? What is he? Um, and uh, and so uh, but there's you know there she is. Uh, her name's Sally. Um, she's kind of in 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 his way, uh, so to speak, to try to you know piece together certain things about who he is and where he came from. But one thing one thing is, is certain: he knows he knows he's not from here. <laughs> uh, he recognize that's that's the one thing. Everything around him is unfamiliar. Even though he has amnesia and he has uh, insomnia, he he does not recognize anything uh, in the world that he currently exists in. So, and that's going to be really fun to try to unpack in the coming issues. Nice. I was like, well, if she's so annoying, uh, it would have been, it might have been funny if you called her Karen. <laughs> well, that's a little too on the nose. <laughs> yeah, that's a little too. I don't know. Like, yeah, I, for some reason, I just, the name Sally, I like Sally. Um, and, uh, and, and she's going to have a heck of a, an origin story at some point in the future, I'm sure. Now you're on, to, on the way to hitting 3,500 so you can uh, unlock the uh, 6 a.m. Comics Chromium Scratch sticker. Yes, and I can't wait because I, I love that sticker. And then I can't wait to move on to the next stretch goal because um, I, I want to commission a Wally the Wolf sticker, which is the you know the, the cartoon character. Um, and then I've got the Cedar con uh, concept art uh, in the in the hopper as well. But uh, but yeah, yeah. I mean we're we're not quite funded yet. I mean we're we're inching ever so closely to that twenty five hundred dollar. Um, you know, funding goal, but I, I want to like, surpass that. I would love to, you know, to move well beyond. Now, if you, if you scroll just down just a little bit further, you would see the um, creative team. Oh, I can do that. So, <laughs> if my mouse stops acting silly. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, it's, it. <laughs> it, it's it's kind of it was kind of locked on the 
writing version of the mouse and not the pointy. Yeah, but it, yeah, it's it's just uh, below the arrow on its left. Almost there. Yeah. There we go. Yeah, and so that way, yeah. So even though Edgar Edgar Tavitas he knocked it out of the park on the cover, um, I managed to net. Uh, uh, Patrick Gamma, which is Luke Stone's colors for uh, hybrids. So, mm -hmm. and uh, I mean, he 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 got uh, he got it right in the first time, man. And you know, who knew? Just reading my script and paying attention to what I'm trying to say when it comes to colors might actually, you know, can actually get what I'm what I'm trying to do. <laughs> so. So you, Luke, Patrick, and, and this Randy dude. Yeah. Although Randy, Randy is, uh, he's just our, our biggest cheerleader, so to speak. Uh, but as, as we're moving along together as a, as a creative, um, you know, a collective, if you will, at Arrow, um, we're kind of becoming more of an um, active, you know, we have active roles of you know, doing more in the publishing part of it. So that that's pretty exciting. <laughs> yeah, um, I get, I'm looking forward to reading uh, reading more stuff out of Arrow. Yeah, yeah, Paragon's a lot of fun. That's a great book he wrote. Uh, Randy wrote that one. It's it's solid. Yeah, I remember when they were doing the uh, the first uh, compilation book that they had on crowdfunding. Rebolt, yeah. Uh, yeah. I I opted for uh, one of the options to. Uh, I can't remember how it was worded, but it was basically toss Randy some extra scratch, and he'll unload some of all these comics in his basement to you. <laughs> and he did. I actually have I have a I have a copy of it right here. This is the the indie vault. Uh, or the re the revolt here, the two different covers. Oh yeah, I've got it. I've got the other copy around here somewhere. So because there was four covers total. So what you see here, yes, this may be the cover for the the revolt number two, but it, it just it's a break that that number two is just a breakout of um, you know breakout floppy of, of some of the stories that are contained in these pages. Um, so yeah, yeah, Exciting yeah. Because that was that was the first time. Uh, the sin killer was in print. Mm. Yeah, I need to. I actually need to read this thing. <laughs> I've only read the issue number one because I'm, uh, you know, I, um, I've got four spinner racks in some neighbor uh, in some local uh, stores, and so I've, I've stocked it. You know, I basically helped helped out all the creators uh, at least as much as I could. To get them on some spinner racks locally from the from the, um, the long shots campaign. Ah, uh, spinner racks. After, yeah, yeah, they're 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 not not doing so hot. <laughs> only only at the grocery store, and only certain uh, alternative titles are are selling big time there. The rest of them are kind of sitting, and I blame it on lack of a dynamic cover. I feel like you got to have a cover that just sells the book. Yeah, you can't just have a mid cover as the kids say nowadays. Yep. 
I, I only know some of these expressions because I have a 14 year old daughter <laughs> who on occasion will, will on occasion will, will actually speak to me on her telephone. Uh, those occasions, <laughs> those occasions would be birthday and Christmas. Uh, the rest of the time, it's just text messages that I wait days to hear back from. Yeah. But, totally. yeah, you know, it's all well and fun. At, at some point, like in another like 15 years, she'll actually start calling me. <laughs> the teenage years. Uh, I try not to think about mine because... I don't have bail money, so I'm like, don't do what your father did. <laughs> what did you used to do? I'm not telling you. Because it's, you know, the way the way the way this world is today, you know, you know, our government thinks nineteen eighty four is a manual, not a not yep. not a not just a, you know, piece of literature. So that's true. That's absolutely true. Give them no ideas. So the link for the Indiegogo is in the chat. It's also in the, uh, the description, either up above or down below, depending on where you're watching us. Uh, it will also be, that link will also be in the description for the, uh, for the podcast. If you like, you can follow us anywhere you can get a podcast. Uh, just search for Creators Outlet, and you can either download them or just follow them and listen to them on whichever app you choose. But if you hit the See More button down towards the bottom, it'll open up and you'll get uh, you'll get a link for the book. Um, I'll sneak in uh, your uh, your YouTube channel in there, and then uh, my link tree will be down the bottom with a whole bunch of indie comic hashtags. So uh, hopefully uh, you, you check out the podcast. If you do, please leave five stars. That's the appropriate number of stars. And uh, say something nice in a little bit of, you know, a 30-second thing. It doesn't matter what it is, good or bad. Uh, I can take it. I'm a big boy. Uh, and uh, it, it'll help get the word out. The more reviews we get, helps get the word out. And uh, it'll come up in more people's feeds that way, too. Um, but I want to thank uh, Justin for coming on and uh, talking all things Arrow Comics. I can say that because this <laughs> is one of them. Uh, and uh, it's uh, it's been fun and interesting. And we wish you luck in the uh, next 18 days to uh, past fully funded and uh, get that 6 a.m. sticker out there and reach more people oh, yeah. uh, i'll keep sharing it out and uh and we'll keep talking about it and uh hopefully more and more people will see this and uh connect with you and and follow you on social media so we're gonna wrap this up i'm gonna get this uploaded and uh we will talk to you soon. Um, very interesting character. I like I like the wolves. One of my favorite characters from Legion of Superheroes, Timberwolf. Ooh.
So thank you very much. Everybody have a great night. And uh, for goodness sake, read a comic book, would you?